Good morning, good evening, whatever time of the day you're listening to this. As my old friend Ash always says, welcome to the AG podcast number we're not quite sure anymore. Um, so obviously I'm the host this week, Jaminator, and with me as always is the man over to my right-hand side, or I assume he's on my right-hand side. He's definitely south with me anyway. Good evening, Ash. <laughs> good evening, mate. How are you doing? I'm not bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Congratulations on getting Harland. Uh, well, yes, although pasture's new. <laughs> pasture's new now. <laughs> Yeah, that's it. He's locked in Gaz Grass's League One dungeon. Such a such a waste down there, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and uh, with us as, uh, today as well is uh, a podcast regular now um, is Riverman. Hello, River. Evening, Jam. Well, you say regular. I think it's been quite a while since I've been on. I think maybe when you ask for PMs, um, people have been PMing you, telling you to not have me on anymore. Oh, but this is not... it. Yeah. I, I hope you're all all right, guys. <laughs> yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. And um, and on the podcast, um, I think for the first time in a while, he's definitely been on before. Um, is everybody's uh, sweetheart right now for the couple of results last night? It's uh, Welser. Good evening, Welser. Good evening, all. How are you all doing? Good to be back. Not too bad. Not too bad. Thank you very much. Um, so yeah, boys, we'll, we'll kick straight off. Uh, we're going to jump straight into League One, which is uh, obviously where the fun resides after last night. So, uh, Welser, I'm going to come straight to you. Okay, obviously, you know, you're top of the table. Um, with uh, with 28 points, only on goal difference, mind you know. Hilly is just behind you with a 21 goal difference instead of 30, um, but with the equal points, both won nine, drawn one, and lost two. Not quite sure again who you've played, you know, in comparison. But I know one person you definitely have played, and that's our resident hero, Harry. And can you just let us know how you got on? That would be great. So last night I took on Harry in match day seven, and. Um... The first game was at the Fortress Anfield, where I, uh, sadly for Harry, beat him 7-1. Mm. And then the reverse leg in the obviously, Allianz Arena, we uh, decided to put five past him without no reply. I mean, this is it. You know, again, he's uh, he's obviously not going to, like we said before, he's not going to make the playoffs. He's, he's possibly going to end up in League Two if we can recruit some more members. It's great. It's good times. I mean, were they easy games, tough games? Was the score a fair game? Was it one of them where, like Berger says all the time, like, did Harry dominate but somehow end up losing 7-1? Absolutely not. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> match day, the match won 7-1. Um, Harry, he missed a penalty. He had a few chances where my keeper saved, caught me out. Um, so he could have scored four or five, if I'm honest. But again, I did miss quite a few myself. I could have easily had double figures. Um, second game, it was all me. He had no reply. I think he had four shots to my 21 or something like that. Um, so his second game was more comfortable. But um, yeah, he did try, but it is, he went very, very quiet in the party, as probably others would uh, contest. <laughs> and in terms of, um, obviously, star performer for you, um, looking at the, the Golden Boot League one, it's got to be Camero, right? Camero has been an absolute superstar since I got him from Berger um, on the BFA not too long ago. Um, he was kind of a missing piece in my puzzle. Um, so to get him, he's just scoring goals of fun. I think he put eight past Rhino in the match day before. I think he scored six last night. So he's uh, definitely been the superstar man for me now. And with all, in theory, I've got had all the hard people out of the way of this league. I sh- should be on to sort of secure top spot for me. Fantastic. Well, I mean, you know, don't speak too early because, you know, we, <laughs> people say that all the time. They've got all the hard games out of the way. And as we've just proved prior to our podcast uh, kicking off, we've seen the likes of Rhino and Payne, who arguably have got all the hard games out of the way, have still got Hilly, Worm, etc. to play, you know, potential banana skins. So it's going to be an interesting uh, roundup towards the end. I mean, Ash, looking down into to League One, the uh, 
the top of it, you know, we normally don't see this in League One, do we? Apart from maybe the top two, and then it's sort of like a bit of a breakaway into the playoffs. But yeah. the top four, I mean, it's tighter than a duck's behind, isn't it? You know, there's only two points between uh, between Wellsor and Lost Boy, who, to his credit, has absolutely come out of nowhere this season. Yeah, no, he's done very, very well. And I mean, I'm just looking at the points, uh, you know, from sort of third to seventh. You know, it's uh, it's six points, which is hardly anything. Um, I just want to quickly give a quick um, quick mention to Worm. Um, He's won his last six games since the last time we obviously uh, won the podcast. He's won six out of six, and he's propelled himself right up there. Um, again, only two points behind uh, Welzer and on the, you know and, and Hilly, and he's put himself in the mix there as well. Um, I mean, I know he's played. Just looking at who he's played, um, Gaz Andy and Wiscox. Yeah, it? which again, you can't but you can only beat what's in front of you. You Absolutely. can only beat what's in front of you. So uh, yeah, I- I'm going to be interested to see whether he can uh, do that against some of the other sort of top six, seven that are going to be fighting for those positions. Hmm. I mean, looking at it as well, you know, someone who's not quite familiar to yourself, River, in terms of wins, obviously in the championship with you last season. Um, he's sitting down there in ninth. You know, yes, he's only played ten games. You know, arguably four games less than, than some of the other guys around him. Um, but still, are you surprised to see him down there? Yes, um, but I don't think he'll stay there. As you say, he's played fewer games. I'm, I, I don't know without looking, but has he played you well, sir? Uh, I mean, he was my first game where we shared three points apiece. Yeah, I thought he had. So, I mean, he's got the tough game. Wince will be, I still think Wince will get automatically promoted. He will not finish ninth, whatever. He will be, uh, if he doesn't get automatically promoted, he will be fourth or fifth and in the playoffs comfortably. He won't stay there. I mean, this is it. I mean, he is he is currently um, ninth, but with two wins, he will literally be fifth, you know. So, again, that just says it all, really, doesn't it? Again, it's really nice to see League One being so competitive. You know, Gaz... He's up in 11th, getting a bit of a nosebleed there. Again, maybe that's the Haaland effect. Diadex in 10th, you know. Harry, again, in 8th. Fair play to him, you know. He's not bottom of the league. And then you've got, again, Lost Boy. I mean, again, I can't I can't say enough. Lost Boy, last season. I think he was, was he last last season? Or near as damn it, anyway. Um, and he's managed to turn it around and, and be fourth so far this season. So let's hope he continues uh, that trend because that would be, uh, be really good. Uh, right, moving on, we're going to head over to the Championship, which is obviously where you are yourself, River. Um, again, like we do now, we're not going to run down the league. Sort of, you know, you can look at the, you can click the link that for yourself. But you know, one of the major talking points has got to be Soggy Cabbages. Um, he's he's had a decent few weeks, even since the podcast came out last time round. Um, he's won ten, drawn one, and lost one. Um, so he's still got a goal difference of eighteen and, and thirty-one points. Only sat in second due to the good form of Aaron. Who, like we probably, uh, like we assumed, uh, Ash was going to steamroll this division, very similar to yourself when you went down. Um, I think people can have a blip and then obviously bounce back. So, um, in in terms of the championship, do you think Soggy can stay in that top three? I know we say it every podcast, but it, it looks like he's un- unbudgeable, really, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's found a good balance this season. Clearly, you know, I know we've uh, we've slated him in the past on the podcast for being too defensive, but. Uh, I mean, I'm just looking here. He, he scored 31 goals, uh, which I think is either the third or fourth highest in the division. Um, and he's only conceded 13, uh, which is the best defensive record in uh, in the division and that you'd expect from Soggy. Um, obviously, time will tell. Um, I mean, I, I haven't had a little look at his last fixtures, so I don't know who he's played. Um, I'm just looking at the last uh, five he's played. He's played Biggie D, um, Gorton and Rye Jones. Um has he played Aaron yet? Has he played the the other I sort of top three, four? So. I don't um, think he's played Aaron yet. I, I, Has he played you, River? 
No. Right, so it looks like then he's still got quite a few of the top sort of seven, eight to play um, in the league. So those will be the fixtures that he needs mm. to do it against. But to only concede 13 goals in 12 games um, is really impressive. So uh, Yeah, it's like, you know, on FIFA, that's, that is very, very impressive. And like you say, he's only lost this season to come to Biggie D, who's sitting in third, who again is having a fantastic debut season. Um, River, I want to come to you next. Um, in terms of, uh, I mean, we're going to talk you know, in great length about this later on, um, in the uh, in the podcast towards when we get to controversy corner, but the man who sits in fourth, just above yourself, Jeff. I mean, you've pretty much loaded the gun for him, haven't you? He's got a very good side, hasn't he? He's got a very very good side. Uh, Jeff's a good player, um, anyway, and yeah, he's got a fantastic all round side. He's been going really well last night. Uh, last night we had a few friendlies, um, fairly even for the most part. Then he gave me one absolute dicking at the end, but yeah, Jeff's been going well. Um, whether he can keep it up again he hasn't in previous seasons but given the quality of his side now you've got to consider him a contender but look at some of the people below who can come through I mean you've got Joe sitting outside of the playoff place is Joe going to finish below Jeff you certainly wouldn't have thought so at the start of the season would you um it's gonna it's gonna be tough I think for um anybody to I think Aaron will win it, but we was just like talking about Soggy. I think Soggy and Jeff are the same. That second place, second and third places for me are very wide open. I think it's interesting to look as well, isn't it? In terms of, and I know Wellesley, you've got the league table in front of you as well. When you look at Soggy and Aaron there on, on 12 games played, you know, they've, they've got that buffer already that's starting to occur, that breakaway, you know, Manchester City and Liverpool-esque from the rest of the league. You know, I think it's um, what is it, five points to Biggie from Soggy and a further two points on top of that to Aaron. So you could argue those two, if they continue the way they're going, are obviously going to finish in the top two. And it's that third spot. I can't call it. I really can't. Um, you know, it could be any of the, I would say, either Biggie, Jeff, River or Joe. Um, you know, Gorton and Macklem are great players. But again, like you said, uh, River, I think Joe, he's got games in hand on them. And I do believe that he's, he's got the quality to get in the playoffs. Uh, Wells, what, who do you think is going to get that sort of, uh, that elusive third spot? Yeah, it's quite a, I thought it'd be a close league, actually. But if you look, yeah, like you say, from second down to fifth, there's a 10-point gap already. Um, and uh, like, yeah, Joe's got two points, uh, two games in hand, so he can jump up to 4.4 with Jeff. I think, you know, Aaron's going to win the league. And um, I think Soggy's done very well this season, so second. I don't see him being pipped. Um, but at the moment, I think probably between Jeff and Joe, I think River will probably run them close as well. He's got a very good side, but... I think Joe's probably going to make a late run again. I'm not sure how if he's played all the easy games and the hard games yet. Um, but one guy I'm quite surprised of is Plunkett because I thought, you know, he's quite a tough player. Um, so I'm quite surprised to see him down in ninth. Yeah, I think the thing with Plunkett, I mean, again, he's sort of, um, I, I don't know if this is if this is offensive to say or what, but he's kind of like a grey man, isn't he? Like he doesn't really do many events to my, to my knowledge. You know, he doesn't really, he's not that active on the forum. Um, he's a lovely guy, you know, when we're on the mic with him, he's a sound guy. But again, I, I, I'll be totally honest, I actually forgot he was even in the leagues. I, I assumed he'd left around the time that Bonzi and, and Colmore and people like that left. Um, you know, so again, I think, like you said, it is, it's very strange that he that he is down there in ninth. And he, again, he's another one. I'd say anyone from Plunkett up probably could make a push for those playoffs. Um, and anybody from Raz down is probably going to be, at best, a championship player next season. Um, River... Again, just going back to you, since it is your your, your division, um, or the division you're in, at least. Um, 
we've got to talk about Storm. Um, you know, the, the lineal championship champion. <laughs> um, he's down there in in twelve. Um, you know, he's played uh, played a similar amount of games to everybody around him. You know, Bry can't catch him in the games in hand or anything like that at the moment. Um, are you surprised to see Storm down there, or do you think maybe he underestimated the championship coming into it this season? A bit of both. Um, I think he certainly underestimated it when saying, "Oh, yeah, the the three, not including Raz, who came down." We're just going to walk straight back through it. I certainly think he underestimated some of the players in this division. But yet, I'm surprised to see him sitting him in 12th. I've just played him, actually, in the last match day. And we got a win apiece. And I don't think Storm should be down in the relegation playoff places. He, he's, he is better than that. But yeah, I think he didn't quite take into account how good some of the people in this division are. Yeah, again, and, and like we've said, I think it's um, when we, we were talking about League One, for me, I think it's strange that this is the division we always talk about as being that one, very similar to real life in the Championship, that's sort of bunched up. Everybody's constantined in that centre, and, you know, one win can, you know, you know a six pointer in only one of your match days can take you from ninth into third, you know, et cetera. Um, but that, again, that seems to be League One this season, and maybe that's the inclusion of some, some you know, shock managers in the Championship either that got promoted from League One or relegated from the uh, the Prem, um, maybe that's the effect it's having. You know, the quality, they've turned their form around and they're showing, they're showing their true colours. Um, you know, for me, to finish on the Championship, I just want to see, I really want to see Soggy in the Prem. I think it'd be fantastic. It'd be, again, like I said last week, it'd be uh, one of those almost football manager experiments of putting Man United in uh, in the conference or putting Dover in the Premier League. You know, I think it would be it would be great to, uh, to see. So, fingers Definitely. crossed. It does get a lot of stick, but I, I think, yeah, like you, Jem, hands down to him and fair play. You know, he's he's done really well. He's he's come from a very defensive style of football, and rightly so was slated on previous editions of FIFA, and obviously back in when uh, some of these guys probably didn't know who Soggy was. But yeah, fair play to him. If he gets the Premier, he deserves it. Kind of bizarrely, and again, the form doesn't reflect it. But obviously, like his um, his beloved Brighton, you know, sort of coming from Chris Hewton, which was very, you know almost Tony Pulis-esque, wasn't it? You know, and then they've got Graham Potter now and it's very much, you know, flowy, flowy, tappy, tappy football. Um, mm. He seems to be, you know, reflecting that in FIFA, which is, is, again, it's nice to see because it's getting him results as well. Uh, right, we're going to just break away from the leagues ever so quickly just to move over to the F1. Um, obviously, really good race this week in, in uh, Silverstone. Some really interesting uh, interesting manoeuvres and obviously slightly down in terms of numbers, but again, it was a bank holiday, I think, in Ireland and, and again, it was beautiful weather in England, so I think it was a case of uh, people enjoying the weather with their families. But uh, we're going to hand over to Joe just to uh, hear a bit more about it. Thanks, guys. And as always, thanks for having me back on again. It's a fantastic exposure for the F1 being on a podcast. Um, well done to you as well. So, again, like always, it's been two weeks since the last podcast, which means we've had two rounds of the F1 Championship. We're in the European part of the season now, so we've had Austria, which was last week, and on Monday night we had Britain. We'll take a quick look at the races. Division 1 in Austria last week, it was a really good win for Shelbourne. He started second on the grid, got himself up to first place. Ninja being started on pole, unfortunately he dropped back to second, but he did take the fastest lap in a 108.6. We had Bunsey in third place, we had Suited in fourth, myself in fifth, and Aaron in sixth place. Division 2 on Austria, Hilly had a fantastic race. He started fourth on the grid, finished in first, with a faster slap as well, a 109.9. We have Mark in second place, which is actually where he started on the grid as well. We had Ryan Jones in third, Jam in fourth, Harry in fifth, 
and wins his sixth. We move on to Britain, which again we had on Monday night. Numbers were down for this week, which wasn't a big shock with the nice warm weather. We had nine in Division 1, we had 13 in Division 2. What that meant was that we had some nice races, not a lot of trouble, it was all nice and chilled. Taking a quick look at Division 1, Soggy Cabbages won that race, he started second on the grid. He also had the fastest lap, which was a 132.3. We did start that race off in the wet and it got dry as the race went on, so it was quite an interesting one. We had Bunsey in second place, we had Shelbourne in third, he did start on pole position. I was fourth, we had Ash in fifth and we had Wells in sixth. Back down in Division 2, we had another different winner this week. We had Wintz, absolutely blew the field away. He started on pole, he finished first. He had a fastest lap, which was about 1.2 seconds quicker than anybody else. A fantastic drive by him, really. We had Mark the Shark in second, Riverman third, Davis Storm in fourth, Worm in fifth, and Payne Wills in sixth. We'll just take a quick look at the tables. In Division 1, Soggy Cabbages, he has really started to um, solidify his lead. He's on 111 points. We've then got Bunsey on 86, Shelbourne on 70, Ninja on 56, Suited on 45 and myself on 41. Division 2 has taken on a little bit of a different look now. We've lost Brian 86-71. Uh, Wince has taken a good strong hold he's on 92 points we've got Mark 5 points behind him on 87 it looks like the championship is probably between them two we've then got Harry on 63 Hilly on 58 we've got Jam on 55 and we've got Storm on 47 um, we've obviously got a race every Monday night so the next couple of weeks before we talk again we've got Germany next week and we've got Hungary the week after just a quick note to anyone who listens to this and you know thinks they fancy trying it out but they don't know listen come and have a go guys it's all very laid back especially in Division 2 you don't have to have prior experience it's just a lot of fun on a Monday night so if you want to have a bash send me a PM get in touch we can sort it out thanks again guys catch you again Okay, thanks, Joe. Uh, thanks for that. And obviously, again, F1 every uh, every Monday at 10, a, uh, 10 p.m. even, guys, not 10 a.m., bloody hell. Um, so in terms of the Prem, we're going to move over to uh, to that now. Unfortunately, Berger is top, which is obviously incredibly disappointing for myself. I personally think he paid Brian off to leave. That's what I'm saying. So he got that loss taken off his record. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, Southey is there in second. He's, uh, he's three points behind with two games in hand. So, you know, come on, Southey. Let's, uh, let's get you up there, mate. Um, Shelbourne doing fantastically well as well. You know, Mister uh, Mister, what is it? Nine million in wages? Someone can tell me. <laughs> yeah. I think I, I, I think I it might be a little bit less right. now. I think because he did the deal last night, didn't he, with he uh, Guardado? Uh, where is he? So every match day, I am taking off him. Yeah, he's six, nine million six, in wages. I'm taking six million. six million off him in wages. So he needs to do three events a week, and still he's short. And I don't even know if there is three events a week every week. So he's going to be really struggling. He's going to have to make sure he sells a player every week now and make some sort of profit from now to the end of the season. Otherwise, the uh, the banker will be getting his rubber glove on, let me tell you. Um, Ash, I'm, I'm going to come to you. I mean, it's kind of the only place to start, really. We alluded to it at the yeah. start of the podcast. Last time, you know, you've, you've got Haaland. Fantastic. Woohoo. Brilliant. Yeah. You've now sold Haaland. On yeah. the back of five losses, five straight losses. Could even be six, obviously, but it only shows me the last five. Yeah, Come yes. On, what, what's, what's going on? What's uh, well, so well yes, yes, it does. It was a, it was a strong start. Um, I take some solace in the fact that the last two games that I've played are were Berger and Sufi, who are in a league of their own and are the best two players on the site at the moment. Um, I said out of the start, um, going into the sort of four games that I had coming up, which was Sean. Um, 
Sufi uh, burgering yourself, Jam. Ideally, I'd have been happy with four wins out of the eight. Um, I'm not, it doesn't look like I'm going to get anywhere near that. I would need to take two wins off you in our upcoming game. Um, and even then, not it only happens in three. Um, so, yeah, it was a disappointing turnaround. Um, yeah, I mean, Harland, first day, got in brilliant. He was doing really well. Um, but it came a big detriment to the rest of my team. Um, and I was struggling a little bit in the sort of midfield and uh, defensive positions. And ultimately, after playing uh, Sophie and Berger, something had to be done. So uh, I've sold him off to Gazbras um, in a deal that I'm quite happy with. Um, time will tell whether that was the right move. I think it is. Um, but we'll see. But we can only uh, take solace from the fact that Berger and Sophie, who are the two best players in that division, are now out of the way. And we just focus on the next games. I mean, you say that Berger and Sophie are the two best players in the division. We've also got the inclusion now of a real pest in Jaxie. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I, I played him in the league games recently, um, drew one and lost one. Um, and I mean, the skill moves, oh my God. He, it's like breathing for the guy, for Christ's sake. Yeah, he can't, he's very, he very good. He can't move 10 foot I, without doing some sort of step over. I think I must have um, I think I must have played him at the right time. I think I was the first game he played in the... Uh, yeah in the league as he just come in. It's not his team. I expect next season, I expect him to be up there with Berger and Sufi. Yeah, um, you know, those three are going to make it very difficult to touch the top three. Um, but yeah, no, I, next I once, he's, once he's got his team. I agree. I think he needs to bring in some skillers. He needs to also, you know, he's, he's working with the fact that he's not got much Scudo because obviously prior to joining the, the leagues or rejoining the leagues, he didn't do many events, etc. So he's coming in off that. He's, he's not got much resource in terms of trade with. Um, you know, he's not doing what Messi did and obviously, you know, just improving his own players on his own provocative, um, you know, which, you know, we don't obviously condone on, on the AG podcast. Please don't start boosting your players. It's not fair. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one next season for sure. But I mean, bringing it back to this season, um, River, you know, the Prem, somewhere you could end up next season if, if all things go well. Um <laughs> I don't know if you play these guys regularly, but you look at the guys, I'd say again, and Jaxie's a bit of an anomaly there in ninth because of the amount of games he's played, but from Sean down, so Sean, Joby, Mark and Mouse, do you get much out of games against them or, or do you tend to be on the losing side? Um, to be honest, I don't play them a huge amount. Um, out of that bottom uh, four, I haven't played Sean um, since he's joined the site. I used to play him years ago on a, uh, on a different site. Um, Mark would be the one I play probably the most and he probably beats me more than I beat him but there's not a lot in it um I had tight games with Joby when he was in the championship he again probably had a bit the better of it uh can't remember the last time I played mouse um Mm. so I would say though those players at the bottom probably get a bit more than 50% out of me than I get to them but I feel I can hold my own with them yeah the reason I, I sort of I use them as a, as a bar, obviously, is because they're the ones that are likely to be coming down. And and if we're being totally honest, I think you'd probably be the first to admit because of your. I mean, going forward, you're fantastic, but defensively, obviously, is where you're a bit suspect. That's more often than not. If you did get up, you'd maybe be fighting to stay in the Premier League. I mean, again, I don't think that's an unfair statement. Would you agree? Oh, it's a completely fair statement. Isn't it? I don't think I'd be fighting to stay up if I got in the Prem. I don't think I would stay up. I don't think I'd have a chance. I'd be like a derby. Because the the better I might pick up points here and there against maybe other people who got promoted or someone who's having a really bad season ends up going down. But yeah, my defence just isn't good enough um, 
or rather my ability to defend, my defence isn't actually too bad, it's my ability to defend. Um, and and the best, certainly the better players from mid-table up in the Prem would, would just do, do me there. I play you relatively regularly, Jam, and what happens? You tend to beat me about 6-4, 5-3. Mm. Always like high scoring effect. Because, yeah, I can get goals, but the higher up you go, you'll get punished and you won't keep them out. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, Wells, uh, this is a division you weren't in that long ago, you know, again, which is why I think a lot of people have tipped you for what looks to be, you know, relatively easy League One success. I mean, in terms of the, the, the Prem, is there any big shocks in there for you? I mean, the likes of Shelbourne, maybe it comes to mind straight away, or, or like you say, Joby after doing so well now down there in 11th? Um, yeah, I think the biggest shock for me, I mean, I tipped Shelbourne when, when he first joined AG and when I played him my first pictures in the Championship in my even though I um, got three with, uh, six points, but he was a very good player. Um, so I'm not surprised to see him out there. I think he's now got a squad, obviously a very expensive squad, um, but obviously I, I'm not shocked. Um, Jake's D, that's a false position, so we kind of skip past that. Joby I'm a bit shocked at because he's very... Him and Colmore in the season where I lost the championship playoff, he was very, very good. He rarely conceded goals. And even still, he hasn't conceded many, but he's also not scoring any, which I thought was a bit surprising, you know. Um, but obviously other teams are just probably putting that two or three past him and um, he maybe just can't reply. But probably Joby's the biggest shot. I mean, Mouse, I would have thought, would have picked him probably more than four points. He, I know he can be a bit of a hit-and-miss player. So, I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, probably would have tipped him to go down this season along with um, Paul. I mean, Paul's doing quite well. Um, but yeah, probably the biggest is Joby. I, I thought he would be sort of around sort of between sixth and eighth is probably my prediction. Well, he was, he was, you know, I mean, Ash, you remember early on in the season, he was saying he was going to, you know, challenge the top two, didn't he? You know, he was, he was very, very confident. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we yeah, like that. I think, um, we like that. Yeah, we like a bit uh, of confidence. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I think yeah. No, I'm not knocking that at all. But that's that's. Why it, it's a bit it's similar a to um. It's a bit similar to Storm saying he was going to walk the championship. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just in a different accent. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, right. So, boys, we're going to come away from the leagues now. Um, just briefly, again, just to uh, have a little bit of a catch up with Bertie. Obviously, we'll listen for the soothing music and uh, and hear what uh, he's got to say about the golf. Greetings, podcast listeners from the AG Clubhouse. Since we were last with you, we had the conclusion of Season 9 of the Tour. Week 11 we travelled to Royal St George's and the winner here was Jeff Anthony, who now has a new name of course of It's Only Jeff. He won quite well, three or four shots from Nguyen's. This all meant that Welser was crowned the AG champion for the season, so well done to him. Week 12 was a fun event around the streets of Scuba City. This was a fantastic event for MJG, our resident hacker. Playing off a handicap of 50, he went and won the damn thing. Incredibly, Wince was second by just one shot. It was his third second place of the season. His win is bound to come soon. With the release of the new version of the game on the 21st of August, we had to start season 10 straight away to get a full season in. Week one of that is currently underway at Tomahawk Valley. There were issues with the society because of the update, 
and as a consequence we weren't able to run the final five through the society so we've set up a special event for them and that's also running this week the final five of course is for the best five golfers without handicaps in the society and they're playing off to decide the society champion for season nine just to note we also have nine players who are currently teeing up weekly on the tgc tours that's a great number and we're all looking out for each other and hopefully we can all move up in it and maybe sometime someone might get to the very top ranks so if you're thinking of joining our season's just started get the game join us up have some fun until next time thanks guys okay thank you very much bertie um and again i think the golf season has now restarted again so everybody get your clubs out and let's uh, let's crack on um, in terms of uh, one thing I want to just talk about before we move on to Game of the Week and then finish off the Controversy Corner, um, I think all four of us actually were involved in this last Saturday, the um, the VFL um, Palmer versus AG, the, the game of the century. Um, obviously, we, we ended up AG, me, Welzer and, uh, and Ash, obviously, on the, the losing side. Um, but, I mean, fantastic, fantastic turnout, fantastic um, amount of money raising, over £700. Yeah. Um, and maybe even more than that on the final figure. I'm not quite sure. Um, but for me, I mean, it was a great, great event. It was slightly soured, obviously, after in terms of, you know, the, the VFL team throwing a, a dummy spit, you know, with each other, um, which I'd love to know a bit more about. But obviously, we're not going to discuss that on here. Um, but yeah, all in all, a great event attended by all. And, and I think it was uh, it was a credit to the site. So again, big round of applause for everybody. Well done. Um, and uh, again, fingers crossed we can do something like this every year, you know, and, and donate money to it to a real, you know, good cause. Because in the grand scheme of things, ten or twenty pound, it might not be much to you, but when we all combine like that, it's a big chunk of change to uh, to go to a deserving charity. So, really good. Um, right, and we're going to talk about game of the week, boys. So um, I will ask Ash if you can give me your League One game of the week, and these are for game week eight, by the way, boys. Yeah, so uh, for me, uh, I've gone for Welser and Lost Boy. Uh, obviously, two sort of top of the table uh, clash. Welser could cement sort of, well, I'd say you know sort of strengthen that first spot, uh, where a couple of wins for Lost Boy would put him uh, right back in that mix, sort of challenging for the title. So, um, yeah, for me, that's a standout game, Welser and Lost Boy. Okay, and um, yourself, River. What's your standout game for League One? Um, Ryan Opie Payne for me um, aside for the fact it's one of those games between two people who play an awful lot and obviously get on very well so it's a du- bit of a derby game like um, obviously you two said earlier when you two play and I think me v Joe was picked pre- on the previous podcast with people who play each other a lot so that always lends something to it but then if you also look at their league positions um, if the table's up to date Payne is two points behind Rhino with two games in hand so the results of these games could be pretty crucial. Um, and if somebody loses both of them, particularly probably if it's pain, they could end up being hanging on to that final playoff place, trying to get into the playoffs. So I think it's an important game as well as obviously the derby aspect to it. Yeah. Again, I can't disagree. I think it is going to be, it's one, that's one for mixer, isn't it? Is what we'll say. That's one of them that we want on mixer. And we want people on the mic as well, knowing what's going on. We want, we want to hear some rage. Uh, and some people getting rubbed in their faces. So, uh, well, is that what's your game of the week for League One? I've gone for Hilly versus MJG this week, um, purely because of again it's another two top 
on top of the table clashes. Um, MJ's only lost one. Hilly's only lost two. So wins for, you know, if someone comes over six points in those games, it, it's crucial in the sort of race for the second and third place. Do you, know, do you know what I love about this, right? I love about this feature is the fact that we've all picked, and this is honestly like, you know, peeking behind the curtain, we've all picked different games. And it's not, for me, it wasn't by being told to, especially in League One. Because uh, for me, I've gone for Wince versus Harry, purely for the fact that I want to see Harry continue to get beat. Um, and and that, that's, that's the long and short of it. I think um, there's a little bet going on at the moment, though, isn't there, with Rhino saying that Harry's going to pick up no points over against any of the top guys. Yeah, let's, let's just touch on that a second. So let's have a look. So it's um, Harry's got Wince. So, yeah, I think Wince could probably do him in both games. He's then got MJG. MJG's a very difficult player to break down. So arguably, yeah, he could come away with no points. He's then got Payne. Now, yeah, I mean, he's got Payne and Rhino in the next two games. They're the games where he probably will pick up points. It's Rhino just trying to get in his head, no doubt. But <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'd love to hit Rhino to be right and him not to get any points for the rest of the season because it would be absolute mega lols. But I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think he'll pick up some points, um, you know. But yeah, yeah, Harry has got a very, very tough running. Just looking at it, he's got Payne, Rhino, Hilly. Uh, he's then got a bye week. Uh, then he's got Lost Boy again, who's up there. So yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to uh, see where he ends up. But yeah, uh, Wince versus Harry is my game of the week. Um, I'll kick off the uh, the championship for me. There's only one place to start, and apologies if I'm stealing someone else's answer, but it's Jeff versus Storm. Jeff's tricks, Jeff's, you know, tendency to cut back if he sees one on. I think Storm could have an aneurysm by the end of this game. And I <laughs> cannot wait to see this streamed. Um, what do you think, boys? Is that going to be a good one or what? That could be a Stuart inquiry. We've <laughs> <laughs> read your shout box today if there's uh, too many cutbacks involved. Oh, is that have to get Stuart involved. Um, Stuart's inquiry. What's your um, game of the week for the championship? Uh, it's Jovi Mackham. Um, hold on, let me get the league table up. I was still on the <laughs> still, oh still on league. Sorry, apologies, <laughs> um, listeners. My God. Um, Mackham, I think, has been a surprise this year. He started really badly last year and looked like he was going down all season. And as he says, as a Sunderland fan, he did a Sunderland and managed to stay up. And he's done an awful lot better this year. Currently, he is sitting on three points more than Joe, who I think pretty much everyone said he's going to get an automatic promotion place this year. If he'd have said it this time last year, Joe's playing Mackham, everyone would have said, well, Joe's getting two wins, and there wouldn't have been any question about it. It's a big game for them both. It's a big game for Mackham. Is he the real deal? Is he going to push for the playoffs? Or is he in a false position? It's a big game for Joe, because if he doesn't get much out of this, he could struggle to make the playoffs, which I would dine out on for absolutely ages. It would be hilarious. So, Especially if you made the playoffs and he didn't. Oh, exactly. I mean, if I, if I, if I finish, it's never going to be the end of it. So, um, yeah, it, it, I think it's a big game again for both of them. It's only one match day but if Macken can say pick up four points out of those you've got to start thinking he's the real deal and you've got to start thinking is Joe actually even going to make the playoffs it's true it's true it's definitely going to be interesting to see uh, Ash what about yourself championship yeah um, 
I'll just quickly mention on that, uh, Jerry Mackham. If Mackham wins uh, both those games, because he's got two games in hand on uh, sort of Biggie, who's in that third spot, he could actually jump into third, um, you know, third place, which I don't, I wouldn't have seen it um, after sort of last season. Um, game of the week championship. I've gone for Aaron and Plunkett. Um, for me, you know, Aaron's only lost one game uh, in the season. Plunkett's had a little bit of a mixed record. Uh, just sort of looking here, four wins, drawn five, lost five. Um, so he looks like a player that can at least take points off someone. Um, where obviously Aaron needs to pick on, the, you know, if he wants to win that sort of uh, top spot ahead of Soggy, he needs to take maximum points. Um, so for me, a little bit different, but Aaron versus Plunkett. Fair enough. And Wells left to finish off in the championship. I was the same as you, Gem. I did have um, Storm and Jeff um, purely because obviously it could. Storm needs the points to sort of pull out the relegation playoffs. Um, but failing at the other, just looking for the fixtures, and the other one that's probably key is Bertie versus Biggie. Um, Bertie's obviously also in the relegation playoff and uh, is big, starting to fall behind sort of that, even the playoffs to the Premier League. So. Um, and Biggie can cement his position in third if he gets two wins out of that one. So, potentially another big game. Fantastic. Um, boys, we'll move on to the, the Prem. Um, and again, this time, Wellser, you finished. So, you want to kick us off? What's your Prem game of the week? Well, it has to be you two boys, really, doesn't it? You and you and Ash, I think, is the biggest game. You're both sort of around each other in the Prem. Um, Ash is obviously on a bad, bad run of form. Jam, you've got a mixed bag at the moment, but... Um, the games you have together, I think, yeah, hands down, game of the week. They're always goal fests, absolutely. Ash, what about you? Uh, game of the week for the Prem, I've gone Bancy versus Joby. Um, Bancy is another one that had quite a strong start, has faulted off a little bit, um, you know, in the last couple of games. Um, obviously, Joby, I'm still waiting to see this sort of uh, push that he uh, declared at the start of the season. Maybe this is the games to... Uh, to get them I mean it's a crucial game that you know when you when you actually think about that where, where the lads are that could that could be the difference between finishing sort of top half or sort of mid-table obscurity really in the Premier League yeah. that, those two games yeah, especially definitely. if there's a six points to be had as well uh, River? Um, well both just taken my two uh, top picks um, the I, I picked out Jam Ash as the first game uh, as I said before when I was talking about Payne Rhino it's the, the Derby aspect and the fact you're both close in the table as well makes it um makes it a standout for me and um i gathered that would be picked so my second choice was going to be buncy joby again pretty much for the reasons that you've said um just one little point to add on it buncy will will be fine I, i know he'll be fine but if he were to lose both of those games then joby who is currently in the relegation places moves to within five points of him Buncey has would have played 16 games at that point and could find himself getting dragged into, probably not relegation, but getting dragged towards the relegation playoff. So it's crucial for Buncey to pick up at least three points there. I think he probably will, um, in which case, obviously, that could send Joby closer to a return to the championship. Yeah, and uh, for me, the only one I had was uh, Berger versus Paul. Um, Paul, you know, again, he's probably one of the, the most sort of patchy players when it comes to form. 
you know, Berger on his day is possible of beating anybody, even off his day sometimes. Paul on his day can give anybody a game. So it'll be really interesting to see if Paul could take some points off Berger and help close that gap between uh, Southey and Berger at the top. Uh, boys, we're going to move on. Uh, oh, go on. Depends if Leon's around as to full sport. <laughs> no, don't say that. Don't say that. We have enough. Controversy Corner is coming in a minute, all right? <laughs> so it's now time for Controversy Corner, boys. <laughs> so um, we've, we've got a mixed bag to talk about. Um, we've got on the agenda, I'll just put them out now, lay the three cards on the table. We've got cutbacks. We've got transfer slash BFAs. And that ties in with quite nicely with that. We've got wages. Where do you want to start? River, I'll let you pick. Where are we starting? Let's start with cutbacks because my there's an awful lot, a lot to say on that, I think. Um, it wasn't my uh, pick subject, but there's, everyone has always got opinions on cutbacks, haven't they? So, All right, well, let's, before we start talking about it properly, I want one word answer, okay, to two questions. So, River, you first. One, do you do cutbacks? And two, do you think there's anything wrong with them? Yes, no. Okay, well, is that the same questions? Uh, no, yes. Ash? Uh, no, yes. Okay, and for me, again, I would say I do do cutbacks, depending on who I... Again, it's not a yes, no, I'm going to break my own rule. Depending on who I'm playing. If I'm playing Burger, I'm cutting it back all day long. If I'm playing someone like you three, who I consider as nice people, I won't cut it back against. Yeah, see, so, so you've taken it there, because we've one-word answers exactly the same as you there, Jam. Yeah, but I'm the I... host. I'm the host, River. You're not... <laughs> I right. Where I say yes, no, I, I stand by my no answer. I don't believe there was anything wrong with them. Uh, whether you do them, again, I think it depends who I'm playing against. So I had to answer yes, because I do do them, uh, depending on who I'm playing against. There are people I will be far less inclined to do them against than others. Fair enough. Which, again, it, that, this is why it's a talking point, isn't it? So, River, since we, we asked you to pick it, kick off then. So if you can just sort of fill the listeners in, if they missed it, what the, the, the sort of controversy is it is surrounding uh, I think a lot of it stems from Storm, doesn't it? Really? Really? <laughs> oh, my God. Knock me down. Knock me down with a feather. Always comes from Storm. Um, I, who was it? Storm was playing somebody the other day. Uh, I can't remember who it was. was. Was it maybe Plunkett? Yeah. Um, and apparently Plunkett had several chances to cut back and didn't and shot. And then he had one where he, whether it was a, true cut back in the sense of the word or whatever happened so I think give him a winning goal and of course Storm went on a Storm rant about it the best kind uh, of rant yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, at times yeah um, I say my, my view on it is why is it a problem in football which I know FIFA isn't true to real life you don't get games finishing 6-5 constantly but if you are in a really awkward position and shoot and there's someone open for a tapping in the middle of the goal. As a player, as a fan, you're going to be screaming, what the bloody hell are you shooting from there from? You're never going to score. Roll it across to the guy who's got a tapping. Always look for the best chance to score. I know FIFA's different, but that's why, in essence, I don't see anything wrong with them, especially if you've maybe had a really lovely build-up. There is a difference in some of them when people deliberately just constantly run to the byline and square it. it i think it's all relative so i think it is hard to put a hard and fast yes or no answer on it all right okay so you're going to sit on the fence ash what do you a, think a little bit I, I i i on the whole i don't see a problem with it if people want to do it to me fine i don't care i'll, I'll do it back it's not a problem i'm not going to have a hissy fit about people doing cutbacks 
Fair enough. Ashford, um, talking fences. No. <laughs> um, I, I, okay, so I have, uh, in the past, I have been one to do some cutbacks. I did a uh, no standard one. I'm, I'm going to just talk about it briefly because I know Storm will uh, pipe up in the form otherwise. So a couple of seasons ago, I'm sure you'll remember Cookie. Um, I was playing him in a game. I think it was for the title or... Um, well, I mean, it a was up there. Yeah, it might have been FIFA 17 or 18, one of them, I can't remember. Um, and Cookie was a player that, you know, used to love that triple tap cross um, uh, across the face of goal and put it in. Um, so I did it against him because I would have expected it back. Um, in general, um, I don't like to see it because for me, it is two things. Uh, it. On a FIFA game, you know, on a on a site like ours, which is all about, um, you know, having a laugh and um, get away from that sort of mentality that you see on Ultimate Team um, and on Seasons. To me, it, it, it's almost a bit of a lack of respect um, for the opposition. You know, some of us come on um, to sort of get away from Ultimate Team, um, you know, uh, on Seasons where you'd expect to see it. Um, but, you know, some players, I mean, obviously, River, you just talked upon, you know, that you didn't see a problem with it. If people want to score cutbacks at the end of the day, that's up to them. No one can stop them. Um, what what frustrates me a little bit at times, um, and I'm going to I'm going to pin him out, uh, Berger, um, in the past um, has been known to do him. Berger's a fantastic player. He doesn't need to be scoring cutbacks. Um I mean, ultimately, it leads you on to the next sort of, you know, debate you could have about it. What defines a cutback? What I might define well, as a cutback is might not necessarily be what anybody else defines as a cutback. Um, you know, so, okay, so yeah, it's interesting you say that, right? So I'm going to because I don't I'm conscious of time because we could talk about cutbacks all day long. So, Welder, you sound quite intelligent, right? What what would you describe? <laughs> what would you, you don't look intelligent, but you sound intelligent. All right. What would you describe as a cutback? Talk me through the metrics of the perfect cutback. Well, it, again, it's a, it's a good argument because a cutback, in I think in the old terms, was running it right to the byline and cutting it back at the near at the front post for an easy so tap pass, in. So passing it backwards at like a forty-five Passed degree back, angle. Yes. Yeah. Um, whereas a pass across goal, or you know, you've heard of people call them due goals, whatever you want to say, but a Jew- pass across Jesus goal. Christ. Let's yes, not, let's yeah, not yeah, make I've it. All right, next coming. Yeah. Oh my word! <laughs> you might you want. I need a dunk button. Why have I got a dunk button? Um, But a pass across goal, yeah, you know, some people call that a cutback. In my eyes, that's not a cutback. Is it annoying? Sometimes you could argue it is annoying. Um, Like Ash, I mean, if I talk about the time when I joined AG, it was a fair play site and things, there's a lot more things that you were, you known that you shouldn't do, like scoring non-existent penalties, things like that. But, in this day and age, it is a FIFA game. If, you, if someone works it well, I don't mind if they pass it across the But a cut back in my eyes is run into the byline, cut it back 45 degrees, tap it, and that's a cheap goal because the keeper is never going to save that. Whereas a pass off a goal, you could te- keeper could save it. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, so in terms of the cutbacks, I think we've we've obviously you know after that that sort of mini debate there, we've obviously come to nothing as an end result. I think it's. It's going to be the same thing, isn't it, all the time? We're always going to have that age-old debate. Should we do it? Should yeah. we not? What what actually constitutes a cutback? There's so many things. And 
you can't write it into the rules, right? You get into this certain position, you can't score because people will be like, well, why the hell not? You know, if it's a case of staying up in the championship or, you know, getting promoted from the championship to the Prem, of course you're going to do it, you know? Um, See, so yeah, it's tricky. It's a tricky one. But for me, I think some people, you've got different ends of the spectrum. Some people go absolutely ballistic and, and take it out of control when you score it. And some people, you know, are completely like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I don't mind cutbacks. I'll score them. You score them. You know, we'll, we'll all score them. It's not a problem. So, See, yeah. In my mind, you've just, ne- I, I can just tell by uh, the way you've described them who, who we could possibly throw into those categories. <laughs> yeah, the, the Burnley Storm scale. <laughs> um, so we're, we're going to just segue across now to, to the other two topics. Now, um, Wellsett, you're our other guest, so I'll let you pick which one you want to talk about first. Um, they're, they're both going to sort of recede into each other anyway, so we've got transfers and wages. Which one do you want to talk about first? Well, let's pick on uh, transfers and the big one that happened this morning in River. Fantastic. All right, OK, so River, if you can just... And don't even comment, literally, just give us the bare face facts. So I want literally who left, for how much, and to who, and then will the other three of us will discuss it. Um, to Jeff, I sent um, Atal, Chan, and Tapsoba for Alfonso Davies and fuck no, some squaddy. So can we just, and again, so we'll just class so there's no <laughs> cash involved. No. Right, okay. Three for two. Yeah, so three for two, and I think Tapsoba, sober the Bayer Leverkusen, young, very good potential centre-back, who's like 76 rated. Yeah. You've got He chan who obviously went for huge money at the start of the season. Big money when I got him from Messi as well. 70 million, I think it was. Um, or 50 million, I think, maybe something like that. I can't remember now. Um, who, again, great striker, good for the wages as well. And um, the other one, sorry, was... Al, Yusuf Atal. Yusuf uh, right probably one of the best right backs, if not the best right back. Maybe before Hector Bellerin came in, you know, in, in the leagues. So you've, you've you've basically got rid of there, you know, a, a fantastic three players for one amazing player. Let's be let's be honest, but still three great players, one amazing player. Ash, I'll come to you first. Um, for Jeff, yes, um, I think there's three cracking players. I sort of look at it because, um, you know, River came to me for the, quite a nice deal for Haaland. Um, so maybe I... Well, tell um, us what it was. Uh, so it was Tup and Hechan uh, for Haaland and Chowbury. Um I think I left him sort of sweating a little bit during the day. Um, and during that time, he'd gone for some players in the BFA. Uh, so maybe I hold some responsibility for it. Um, I, I think maybe from a wage perspective, I mean, obviously he's done quite well to get rid of uh, a 78, a 77 and a 76 to only bring in a 77 and a 68 rate player. So he's taking a little bit of a cut on the wages. Um, I, mean, I mean, look, Alfonso Davies might go and... Uh, cause as much havoc as uh, Triore has for, um, you know, yourself, River. Well, uh, yeah, so it, it could work. Wingers to have, isn't yeah, it? you know, so it could work both ways. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I really don't go to regret it. Um, but, yeah, there's a couple of reasons, I guess, that could be behind it. OK, uh, well, Zer, what do you think? Bearing in mind as well, looking at the, the latest BFA, Riverman did bring in a, a very good centre-back in uh, Kara, the uh, PSG young lad. Um, well, Zer, what, what do you think? Good, good deal or bad deal? Or good deal for who? Uh, I mean, you have to say it's a good deal for Jeff. Um, I mean, Jeff gets three quality players. Um, and obviously, you know, let's go of Alfonso Davis, which is a fantastic player. I mean, River going for pace alone, which is obvious with River style of football. So he's got a really rapid front three. But yeah, I think it's, Jeff's got the better deal. And 
in time, they might be in the right deals for both of them. It's one of those, on the face of it, yeah, absolutely, Jeff's got the better deal. But, yeah, River, River's got now a, a solid centre-back in the BFA. Maybe he was after that BFA anyway, and he was confident he was going to win it. So, in his eyes, maybe the deal was null and void. It doesn't matter who he gave away. But, um, yeah, Jeff, Jeff and me. Yeah, again, I'll just touch on it, having used, obviously, he chan myself. I know he's a really, really good striker. However, I did go to Jeff and ask for Davis and obviously did do quite a lot of, you know, try and get him. And I managed to surprise him away. So I think it, at the end of the day, it's in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? Which I think is your, what you're probably going to say, Riverman. I think it's a case of, you know, the the goodness of it. Like, for example, again, I'll use, throw an example out. So I offered um, a very good cam that Ash had already had and um, St. Juiced, who, let's be honest, and not maybe biased, but for a 74-rated player, is one of the best centre-backs on the site, considering his pace and his height and strength, uh, for Haaland. Um, and I was shocked, Ash, when you didn't accept that. Um, and actually, when you when I saw the deal you had processed, I was still shocked. I think my deal was better, but maybe that's because I'm looking at it, you know, from, from what I desire and who I'm willing to give away. Um, but, yeah, River, what, what do you think? So, obviously, of course you're going to say you've got your player you wanted. Fair enough. You approached him. But in terms of the deal, can you see why others are thinking it's a bit controversial? Yeah, of course. Um, I've, I've made no bones about this. I said this from the very beginning. If I was looking at, at that as an outsider, I'd say, Jesus, Jeff's won that deal. And I've got absolutely no problem with that. I think all of you have touched on various aspects of the deal. Um, if that deal had happened before the BFA or had been mooted before the BFA, I wouldn't have done it because I wouldn't have been able to afford to let Tapsoba go, because I'd have had nothing at centre-back. Partially, Ash mentioned this, the deal that um, I offered to Ash. If Tapsoba had gone to Ash, I would have had... Well, I'd have got Chowdhury back as a fill-in at centre-back, but that isn't going to do you anything long-term, is it? Especially with my, long, uh, with my defensive record. I need good defenders. So when the blind BFA occurred, I thought, well, carer's there. I can get carer in. That automatically takes care of that if Tapsoba goes to Ash. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. So I'm left now with Tapsoba sitting as a sub. As good as Tapsoba is, why the hell, with my wages being 4.5 million as they were over at the time, do I want a really good 76-rated defender as a sub so he become expendable? Mm. Um Atal can play anywhere. Uh, probably wouldn't want to play in striker or centre-back, although he could play you there. But he can play anywhere else. Um, and He-Chan, obviously, is an incredibly good striker. But you asked Jeff how many PMs he's had from me about Davies, particularly since lockdown began. I think me and Jeff know an awful lot about each other now from chatting through PM, because I just bug him constantly about Alfonso Davies. He was a player I wanted. And it is a big price. And I would fully expect everybody as a neutral to say... Jeff's got the best of that deal. I've got the player I wanted. And I don't think I've weakened myself particularly elsewhere because Tapsoba wasn't going to play. Um, Atal, yes, is weaker. Davis or Chan, take your pick. It's what you want, isn't it? And I've saved 1.5 million in wages. Jeff, I think, on the face of it, has the best deal. I'm very happy with the deal. I'll do I think, it again. I think, you know, you look at it, and I'm just looking at Jeff's front line now. This is on the basis if he plays a front four. I mean, it's hard to see a better front four than this in the division, you know, arguably apart from what you had previously, uh, River. And arguably, because I know you play a front three, obviously you have a very good front three now. Um, 
But he's got Boadu, who obviously was with Berger for so long, who did so well in the Prem. He Chan, uh, Hernandez, Juan Hernandez, and Musa Diaby. I mean, he's got absolutely fantastic uh, front line there as Jeff. So it'll be interesting to see if that does kick him on, like we talked about earlier on. Could it mean the difference between you and him meeting in the playoff final and uh, and either he Chan or Davis scoring the winning goal? You know, that would be uh, you know poetic, wouldn't it? Exactly. It's. I think I, I did a blog about it earlier, and I, I think in the end we're both going to make from this. Because, well, as you said, you tried to get Davis off him. There's no way it was happening. It was the same as if someone come to me for Traore or Jonathan David. It's just a straight, no, I'm not swapping him for one player on the side. If Ash had said to me when I was after Haaland, oh, I'll do a straight swap for Traore or Jonathan David, I'd have said no. Hmm. I would only ever consider maybe getting rid of one of them for three really, two or three really good players, which is what Jeff's done with Davis. I mean, I'll tell you what, I was talking to Jeff last night when we did that deal. It was still a toss-up for him whether he did that deal or not. Um, that's how much he loved Alfonso Davis. This is it, isn't it? It's, it's, like we said, it's eye of the beholder, isn't it? If you want a player uh, of, uh, of the level I think he is, I mean, I look at that and go, as well as are alluded to, my style of football, a front three of Davis, David and Traore, I think that's going to cause a few problems. OK, so... Um... In terms of transfers, um, just before we move on to the wages and obviously finish off, because I'm conscious we don't want to run too far over. I mean, we're nearing the hour mark when we've got the uh, the last segments in for the Golf and F1. Um, any other transfers, uh, Welzer, that stood out for you in, in the last 24 hours or so? I'm just having a look now. There's obviously been a lot of deals that have happened. It's been a mad 24 hours. <laughs> the BFA normally kicks in the, the big deals. I mean, obviously, Shelbourne brought in a few players more than he wanted and had <laughs> kind of a mad panic to get his wages down because yeah. he'd been the first victim of negative wages. Um, but agreed deals now, I mean, let's have a look quickly. Um, I mean, while you're doing that, Aaron's, Aaron's, Aaron's doing quite well. He's got a few good few players. Obviously, Harlan's probably one of the standouts. Um, one, one that I got a bit of flack about was um, was uh, Theo Hernandez. So again, arguably one of the best left backs on the site. 77 rated, rapid pace. Um, I straight swapped him with Jeff for um, a 74 rated Cam um, who plays for Salzburg. And for, for me, it was a case of you know a lot of a lot of shocked faces when that went through, but. I knew, like, you know, alluding to what Ruben was saying, it's a case of trimming down on the wages. I knew that I was doing a deal for Sanchez with Subby to bring in, you know, a decent amount of cash for what's... You know, I don't think you're going to see a player transferred for £27 million again till the end of the season. I really don't. Um, you know, plus I managed to bring in a very, very good left-back with lower wages. So, for me, that was a no-brainer. Uh, but for other people, they were like, oh, my God, you've sold him really cheap, you know, in terms of uh, Renato Sanchez, this is now. Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, again, yeah, he's the complete centre midfielder. But it was a case of trimming down the wages and making sure I could see out to the end of the season while still having a bit of money to spend on BFAs. Yeah, um, I, I just uh, well, there's just one transfer that I think leads really well into the wages. Um, Andres Guardado went mm. from Shelbourne to Aaron for one Scudo. Was it one Scudo or one million? One Scudo. Scudo. Okay, yeah, the thing is, he's quite, I don't know, he's, he's not, let's put it this way, I know River will say the same because we both like players with pace, but he's not my type of centre, of centre mid. I would want someone with a little bit more energy in the centre mid, but he is a very, very good player, good stats, good passing stats, good tackling and, and defensive stats as well. So you're absolutely right, Ash, we're getting to the point now where we're seeing 80-rated players go for a scooter, you know, which is, is scary. They're worth less sometimes, as we've just been alluding to. 
I think some now 80 weighted players, I mean, look at people like Rooney, Nanny, etc. going and really, that, yeah, they're, they're not worth anything. No one's giving, no one's going to give anything for a 80 weighted CDM and end and ballet. Um, Nobody really wants to give anything for Rooney. As you said, you got rid of a 77 for a 74. I would, in certain circumstances, I've got my two central midfielders are 72 and 73 rated, and I've got to keep them in there, and they both do a fantastic job for me. Why would I want to swap one of them for a 77 and pay a load more wages? If anything now, I think 80 rated players, apart from your real star 80 rated like Haaland, aren't going to attract offers. Haaland attracted several good offers. Endon Bailey won't. That Guadardo, can you get done for the value in our cast? Nah, nah. <laughs> I'll protect you, mate. Don't worry. <laughs> Anything goes. I, I, I looked at him and I thought he's absolutely shit. Um, as okay, as you say, he's not my type of type. Of you, you, you watch him put a hat trick past you now. Yeah. Then you say, yeah, he's he's quite decent, but. Um, I, I, I think the market is changing and you're now finding that your 77-rated players who are really good 77-rated players are worth more than your 80s. Okay. Wage. okay, wages, absolutely. The last word of your sentence leads me on to the first word of mine. So wages, boys. We're going to finish off today's podcast with wages. So just to run down, obviously, we, I'm not going to go through everybody. I'm just going to pick out some highlights. So the Premiership, we've got suited... 3 million negative in wages. Shelbourne, an eye-watering, absolutely eye-watering, over 6 million getting taken off him in wages every match day. Southey, again, Southey's got one of the best teams in the league now. You know, when you look at it, absolutely phenomenal. 3.8 million in wages. You move to the championship, you've got Jeff, again, the best squad in the league, in my opinion, 3.5. Bertie, probably second best squad in the league, 3.8. You go to to League One, and whether there's a correlation to this, I don't know. The highest uh, minus there is Wells are on yourself. Wells are on uh, minus three, um, which is in no part to, due to the fact you've got two fantastic fullbacks. And I'm sure you don't mind being on minus three when you've got good players. Um, but after that, you know you've only got Rhino on minus two. Everyone else is minus one, if not minus at all, really. Um, so I think we were sat here, weren't we, on a podcast not too long ago, and we were saying I don't think the wages are working. People, you know, and I and this is me as well. I'm admitting I was wrong. Okay, clip this, boys because it's never going to happen again, all right? I was wrong. I said the wages system didn't really work because the likes of Southey, the likes of Shelbourne, were going out and they were spending 17 million here, 30 million there, whatever you want to say, on, on players, even though they were so in a massive, massive deficit on their wages. Anyway, those bloody banker-sized chickens have come home to roost because now you saw what happened last night. Someone alluded to it, either River or uh, Wells or a minute ago. Shelbourne was scrambling like a madman, like Daniel Levy on deadline day, trying to get Danny Rose out the door. The poor boy hadn't even got in and unpacked his bag yet. <laughs> he realised he'd done the wrong deal, he'd bid on the wrong player, and his wages were astronomical. And the fact of the matter is, you've got Shelbourne, you've got Soggy, who I think could be in administration if he isn't already, um, due to his, his league uh, league deficit. He's got away with it. Um, got away with it, right? Okay, but but the, the point is the, the point is River again. It's that people are living hand to mouth at the minute, um, which it, it, what it does is it it means you're going to see more transfers like we've seen. The last 24 hours has been probably one of the maddest for transfers this season on AG, hands down. Yes, we know the BFAs spark that, but just in general, it's been absolutely fantastic. And in terms of the BFAs, yes, you're seeing those higher rated players come in. But the example I want to 
give in terms of BFA value, right, value in the market, is one we've actually not touched on. And I'm surprised nobody hasn't touched on. I've not seen it mentioned anywhere, right? And I'm going to butcher his name probably, but Alvaro Odriozola went to Storm 3.2 million, right? This is one of the best right-backs probably on the game. You know, he's got phenomenal pace. You know, he's probably, I think he's above Carvajal when it comes to the Spanish right-back spot. He's amazing. And he went for 3.2 million, just completely flew under the radar. And there's just so much value to be had. It's unreal. Um, Ash, what, what what do you think about the wages? To, to sort of sum up, you know, from your perspective, do you think yeah. it's working? Obviously, you had to get rid of Haaland, so you think it must be working. Yeah, um, it is working. Um, and I think uh, it, it stops players from being able to, I mean, we've spoken in the past, it stops players from being able to build a team of Galacticos um, and... It means that players have to shift other players on, especially when the BFAs come uh, along. Um, so, you know, you'll always see, you know, before when we get to a sort of another BFA, you know that a sort of high rated player might go up in the market on the day of a BFA if, you know, there's a player that that person wants. Um, so it, it means that people have got to shift players on all the time. My, my fear... Um, and I think someone might have mentioned it uh, earlier in the shout box, I'm not too sure, um, is that the more BFAs we come to now in the sort of end parts of the season, where the more sort of 79 and 80 rated players come in, we're still going to see those low um, rated figures um, in terms of prices, and some players not even go, because people just can't afford them. Um, You know, people can't afford to add another 1.6 million um, in wages to their uh, to their bill, um, so yeah, I think it is working, um, but yeah, I just hope we don't get to a point where um, we struggle. I mean, I tell you what, we're we're way out there from from it at the minute, but deadline day is going to be hella interesting, isn't it? I mean, you're going to have that the, the usual Marcus, you know, get your penis out for twenty million scudo, um, <laughs> and every, there'll be you know it'll be a massive sausage fest. Everybody will be like, yes, please, I want twenty million scudo. But ultimately, you then go spend that twenty million scudo on, let's say, an eighty-one or an eighty-two rated player. By that point, you've got to factor in, you've got to pay his wages, you know, with no chance then of selling a player to make up the deficit. So, you know, people need to think long and hard when it comes to transfer deadline. Then I know we're not there yet, but is it actually in their best interest to go big or is it best to actually, you know, ease off a little bit and not go quite as big as, as maybe we have done in the past? Um, River, you know, in, in terms of yourself, uh, actually, I'm going to finish with you, River, actually. I'll come to, to Welser first, actually. Um, Welser, you had a really good BFA last night, in my opinion. You signed a right back, you know, Hector Bellerin, 7.6 million. Absolute bargain, you know, a massive steal. You know, that gives you two, probably, again, of the best full, the best fullback pairing, arguably, in Division One, in League One, if not the side. Um, obviously, one, you've got to be happy with that. But two, yes, it puts you on minus three million wages, but that's not astronomical. Do you think you can cope with that? Yeah, is I was in two minds of actually making a bid, and probably to what Ash said and others have said on the site is, I'm getting to the point now, I'm thinking, oh, I don't want to go too far over wages. Yes, I take part in F1 and golf and other things, so I, I am covered. But I've still got some eliminator games coming up, but... Hands down, I think I've got one of the best left and right backs, you know, and Tierney and Bellerin. Um, obviously, I've got Gamera, and he's an 80-rated player, but with how 80-rated players are now, you know, not many people are going to pay for him. But in my eyes, obviously, he's banging in the goal, so I'm not going to sell him. But, yeah, 
like I said, it's it's now tough to buy in a high-rated player. People won't spend money because they don't want to go up in wages. And who's to say that Marcus doesn't up the match day payments next year and starts throwing in the bigger name players? And it, you know, there's going to be a less movement. So it's now getting to that crunch point of do you rack up negative wages and maybe potentially there is some form of fine or um, tax tax relief or something like that implemented or does the match payments then go up to like 4 million next season or 5 million next season and so people get that sort of breather again so it is, it's now a fine line for a lot of players and, and there's only uh, I see a handful a couple of people who actually earn anything from a match day payment I mean look at Judge Fred he, he takes home a million pounds still from a match payment mm. that's probably unheard of well, he won't be anymore because he's just signed Nani. From, oh, he's just signed um, Nani. <laughs> from, from Jackson. He's actually in minus 600k every every match day now. But, but again, you're absolutely right. Before he did that, you know, he now has to budget because he needs to think, you know, he does, he maybe gets to one event a week, you know, something like that. So he needs to make sure he budgets because if he's in, in negative, he needs to make sure he's either selling someone or attending an event. Um, River, I'm going to finish with you on this debate, River, because I think, again, prior to the, the mega deal yesterday, obviously you were one of the highest wages um, in the championship, if not the leagues, um, and, and have been for a while. You know, you, sort of you, you, Bertie, and maybe Joe were the original crew when it came to negative wages. Um, what, what's your opinion on it? You know, as an overall sort of overriding feel, do you think that it's, it's a good thing, you know, seeing all the transfers we've had recently? Or do you think, like Wells are alluded to, we could see that dry up quite quick when the money runs out. Um, I, th- I think Marcus obviously has got to be very clever with what he does with it. And I'm sure he's got a, a plan totally worked out because you've got to have this line. Um, I've always been of the opinion, if you can pay your wages, it does not matter how you pay them Do events, F1, golf, whatever. As long as you can pay your wages, pay them. And as you said, I was one of the original ones who was well over, had a better team, and everyone, a lot of other people didn't and were moaning about it. Myself included. It's 90% of people over on their wages. With these high-rated players coming in, it's very hard to stay under if you want any of them. So you've got to be careful that you don't tip the balance there, though, because if Marcus now suddenly does a BFA and you get 81, 82 players, and someone just says, so like on transfer deadline day, I think it was you, Jam. Mm. No, one, no one's going to be able to afford them. You can't no. do it. What's the, and the BFAs are going to be pointless. Um, even coming up to transfer deadline day, the next two or three BFAs we have that aren't transfer deadline day, maybe, you can find 79, 80 rated players coming in for absolute peanuts because they're not worth anything. So I would be absolutely shocked if the matchday payment didn't go to four or five million for next season, just in lieu of the fact that we might start getting more 80s and the odd 81 coming in because you can't have as a whole high rated players just being worthless which is effectively what they are yeah or some I mean, some are it's, it's what we talked about ash when you got harland you know and when me you mm-hmm. and marcus sat down and, and harland was going to be thrown in for the, the first podcast um you know raffle of the, of the season you know that's it's over half of your match day payment on one player you know yeah. 1.6 million you only get three million a match day like River said, I think it is illogical to think that the match day payment won't go up. But for me, it's perfectly logical to think that it's not going to go up by that much. Because, you know, if you see in fluidity in the market, you don't want to just sort of scrap that. You know, it's what we want. We want a, an active transfer market. We want to force the people that um, 
that don't ordinarily do transfers into transfers to try and keep themselves solvent. Um, alternatively, they'll they'll have a, a worse team and get left behind. Um, and again, it, it all sort of breeds this sort of interactivity in, in the market and on the site, you know, um, taking part in uh, in events, golf, F1, FIFA, etc. It it all breathes into the life of the site and makes it a more vibrant place to be. So for me, it's it's been a good thing. The last 24, 48 hours have been fantastic in terms of transfers. Um, and again, the wages seem to be working. For me, I think it probably... You've got to think how long a season is and how many players can come in over that season. I think you're going to see maybe what... My my thing would be maybe five or six million the match day payment will be to give everybody, again, that bit of buffer. Um but again, you see with Shelbourne, you know, he would still be in negative wages. So it's, it honestly does depend. It's a bit of financial doping going on um, in third place in, in the Premier League. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on come the next podcast. He may be, maybe he'll have gone into admin. Maybe he'll have had one of his players taken off him. We'll see. But uh, we're going we're gonna to leave it there, boys. I don't want to go too much over where we've been. Uh, but again, for me, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Fantastic podcast as usual. Um, so, River, if you want to uh, obviously say your goodbyes and thanks, obviously, for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me back again. Always a pleasure. Um, and hope to catch you around again sometime. See you later, everyone. Thank you very much. And, uh, well, Zet, thank you very much for coming on as well, mate. Great to have you on again and hopefully won't leave it too long next time. And uh, if you want to say goodbye. Uh, cheers, cheers, guys! Thanks, to, thanks for having me on, and uh, hopefully I'll be back on soon to give my thoughts and feedback. Cheers! Perfect. Thank you, and uh, Ash. Obviously, thanks for always for pushing the buttons. Um, <laughs> thanks, obviously, for coming on. Thanks for uh, obviously helping to contribute to what was a great night on Saturday. And again, thank you to everybody on the site for the seven hundred uh, seven hundred pound raise for the the great cause. Really, really appreciate. It. Ash, if you want to say your goodbyes as well. Yeah, no, as always, thanks uh, to Wazza and uh, River for coming on. If you do want to get involved, please, please, please do uh, message either myself or Jam because we'd love to get you on uh, on a future episode. Cool. And yeah, and thanks for me, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, hopefully you've found it interesting. Again, if you don't agree with what we've said, if you think cutbacks are good, cutbacks are bad. If you think the wages are good or bad, you know, Riverman's deal, was it good or bad? Please just throw it a comment in the uh, in the podcast running order uh, thread and let us know what you think. So, uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one in two weeks time and uh, we'll see you then. Thank you. Thank you.